if they do impeach, they're going to have to throw it over to the Senate, walk the articles of impeachment over, and it is going to be a Senate spectacle. And all of the nose is up about how crazy the House is and how much better the Senate is. Well, the crazy train has arrived in the chamber. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Tuesday, July 4th. Today on Independence Day, I'm joined by Abby Livingston to talk about a quintessential American tradition, impeachment. House Republicans are still angry about the two impeachments of Donald Trump, and they want revenge. Now that they have the majority, it's possible they could try to impeach several Biden administration officials or even Joe Biden himself. Abby and I discuss who might be the most likely impeachment target. And we also ask if impeachment becomes more political and more routine, does it even matter anymore? We'll discuss all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash powers that be. netsuite.com slash powers that be. That's netsuite.com slash powers that be. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Welcome to the powers that be. If you are in Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket or Cape Cod, happy 4th, as my friend Scott Conroy likes to say on the 4th every year. I'm joined today by Abby Livingston. We're going to talk a little bit about her expertise lately, which is House Republicans and which Biden administration official or Biden himself they want to impeach. But first, Abby, where are you spending the 4th of July? I am spending the 4th of July in the greatest city in the world, New York City. It will be my first 4th of July as a New Yorker, and I'm very excited. You know, I think people kind of, even New Yorkers, like dog New York City in the summertime. Like everyone like wants to get out of town and like go to the Hamptons or the Jersey Shore or whatever. Like when I live there, I love New York in the summer, like in the city. Like people think it's too hot, but the city's kind of a little more empty. There's a lot to do. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan. I think you're going to have a blast. I, I agree. And as a Texan and longtime Washingtonian, it's not <laughs> that bad. The heat is not that bad. So uh, I, I've actually been yeah. enjoying a very mild summer, knock on wood. Yeah. As a as a Richmonder and a Washingtonian formerly, I agree with you. People would complain about the humidity or whatever. Sometimes it can be kind of stinky on the subways, but it's not that bad, people. It's not that bad. Abby, the house is on recess. Fun fact, if you look at the uh, house calendar, it's technically not called recess. It's called, quote, district work periods. So we know 
that the Lauren Boberts of the world are back in their districts doing lots of work. Although we can't assume that most members of the House and Senate are marching in Fourth of July parades in whatever district they're in right now. But Abby, there's been a lot of talk lately about impeachment. House Republicans in particular feel like they need a little bit of retribution for the two impeachments of Donald Trump. And so there's talk of impeaching maybe Merrick Garland for his handling of the Hunter Biden investigation. Maybe they'll impeach Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas over the crisis at the border, which I think it's fair to call a crisis. And maybe even Joe Biden himself. So I want to game this out with you. You're the expert here. Who is most likely <laughs> to get impeached? And will any of this actually happen? You know, if I had to guess, it would probably be one of the cabinet officials, whether it was Merrick Garland or Alejandro Mayorkas. But there is a hunger to do this. And it is not rooted in very specific details. Like if you go back and look at the two Trump impeachments, there was just so much evidence, both in the insurrection with video and then previously the hearings with the intelligence committees. And so these are not grounded in a lot of specificity. But I got to say, this recess has felt kind of quiet, not a lot of news, but there has been an undercurrent every single day almost of either the rank and file moving toward impeachment or the speaker himself. His own language has moved in that direction. And I have to say, it's starting to feel a little inevitable. I, I don't know, that's mm. based purely on my political instincts, which have failed on time, many occasion, but it's starting to feel like the train is leaving the station. That said, the Washington Post had this very smart story on Monday outlining how the moderates, and I sort of hate to use that term in the Republican caucus or conference, but um, I would say more pragmatic members are not on board with this, particularly the ones who have never had to vote on any impeachments and ones who are in Biden districts that President Biden carried in 2020. Some things in Washington get going because they just start to feel inevitable and for no other reason than that. That's so funny you say that. I was just reading a piece about this on CNN, and I feel like in the House, in the Republican caucus in particular, like even now when there's so many MAGA people in the House, there's always like one swing district moderate wise man that reporters always go to. You know, back in the day, it was like Tom Davis from Virginia. Right now, it's Don Bacon, who's like always quoted yeah. as like the swing vote guy in the House who's like... You know, may I don't know. I think we're going too far here. Would someone like that ever vote to impeach one of Biden's cabinet secretaries? Or does McCarthy not need those handful of people to do this? That's a really good question. And I honestly don't know the answer to it, but it is going to put him and, you know, at least a dozen others in a squeeze. What I think is an even more concerning issue is an idea put forth by uh, Elise Stefanik and I'm not going to say the other one because I can't remember off the top of my head, but that would be to actually undo whatever legal means possible to undo Donald Trump's impeachment, at least one of them. And that just puts them on the record. All these young freshmen who didn't have to deal with this are now suddenly back partying like it's 2021 again. So um, it's a tight situation. And I just don't think it's something a lot of Republicans who have been through election cycles before think is a good idea. I mean, we were in high school during 1998, but it wasn't that long ago when an impeachment was launched and the Republican speaker went down over it, uh, Newt Gingrich. So mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of caution among some voices, but I don't think that they have a lot of power. So, yeah. So how much is, is this like genuine? And, and I mentioned like the border situation. I do think that like some on the left tend to pretend 
that, that the issues going on at the border, and you know this as a, as a Texan, are very real. And you talk to even Democrats in the RGV or El Paso, whatever, like they think this is a real serious issue. I'm not saying absolutely. most people don't. Absolutely, absolutely. But like that feels, like what's the case there? Could they come up with some kind of language, like legally, constitutionally, saying that Mayorkas is, you know, abandoning his leadership here? I think that's, they're on track to do that. And one of the interesting things about a lower tier impeachment would be it takes up less time and energy versus if they go for Biden himself. Hmm. And that is something that I've talked briefly with some Senate aides about, and they were honestly kind of caught off guard. Like this is recess. People's heads really haven't been in the game. And then they kind of looked up when I called and were like, oh yeah. And there is a sense that they can move. So however long an impeachment takes is going to eat up time on the Senate floor for Democrats who want to move judges through. Mm. Um, And so any impeachment is going to slow that down. But there was some sense that Democrats could shepherd this, the lower level one. It will consume less attention and energy in it. And we've impeached people before and it really didn't get that much notice. But this is pretty serious. And, and what is, I think, fascinating is, is that Kevin McCarthy's trouble with his own conference is now spilling over to the Senate side, which if they do impeach, which I think believe it takes a simple majority, they're going to have to throw it over to the Senate, walk the articles of impeachment over. And, you know, it is going to be a Senate spectacle. And all of the noses up about how crazy the House is and how much better the Senate is. Well, the crazy train has arrived in the chamber. All right, Abby, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to ask how this might play politically outside of Washington. Hey, Powers That Be listeners, I'm here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated list of gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. I use Etsy all the time and have for years. I bought my brother some artwork. I bought my wife some jewelry. I even bought a rug for our living room on Etsy. I love it. But there's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for friends and family members around the holidays or birthdays in my life. And sometimes I get super stressed trying to find the perfect thing. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found the perfect gift for a buddy who's just as into Cincinnati sports as I am, a hot cup of Joe, Joe Burrow mug. That's right, I found that on Etsy, it's amazing. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic, try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Are you tired of sleeping hotter than hell? I sure am, I sleep hot. There's something crucial about sleep that eludes us when we're too warm, too uncomfortable, and too caught in the web of our own thoughts to drift off. And while curiosity fuels our days, science tells us that cool sleep recharges our nights. That's where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Meet the bed cooling system that elevates the quality of human life through cool sleep. 
The ChiliPad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. I love it. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. ChiliPad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees, allowing your body to rest and recover. This isn't just about escaping the heat, it's also about optimizing your sleep for better health, more energy, and improved physical and cognitive performance, which I obviously need hosting a podcast. Chili pads are designed for one or two sleepers, so if your sleep partner likes to sleep at a different temperature, or you only need it for one side of the bed, that's okay too, and we know that's crucial. Plus, you can schedule automated temperature changes to trigger deep sleep. But when I'm at home, Chili Pad solves those problems. So trust me on this one. Visit sleep.me slash powers to get your chili pad and save up to $315 with code powers. This offer is available exclusively for powers that be listeners and only for a limited time. Order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with their sleep trial. Visit www.sleep.com dot me slash powers because you're not just investing in better sleep you're creating a better life is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer ixl learning is an online learning program for kids it covers math language arts science and social studies ixl is designed this program will improve your kids grades studies done in almost every state in the country the kids who had ixl are consistently doing better powered by advanced algorithms ixl gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality and it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to the Powers of Be, everybody. Happy 4th. We're talking about the most American of traditions, impeachment. Abby, one thing that like I came to learn over covering the like recall of Scott Walker in Wisconsin, also Gavin Newsom here in California, and something else I noticed, too, during the first impeachment of Donald Trump, at least, and, and this was true also with Bill Clinton, voters don't actually like impeachment. They don't like recalls. They don't like taking theoretically, political power out of their hands. Donald Trump's approval ratings during his first impeachment actually went up by like three points that week when it first started. And there could have been other atmospherics going on at the time, but that sort of jumped out at me. That one maybe didn't feel cut and dry to a lot of voters. And impeachment yeah. really never does. And I was thinking like the, the Merrick Garland example is a really good one here. It just feels so convoluted. I can't even explain it to our listeners right now. It's that Merrick Garland interfered with the IRS investigation or the U.S. Attorney's investigation into Hunter Biden. And that investigation coming out of three House committees is about whether Hunter Biden and his dad were in on this grift after Biden left the White House. It's just like like the Hunter Biden story, as we talked about in the previous podcast, is just very hard to explain. It's very online. And I can't imagine impeaching Merrick Garland over that would do much to like make anyone happy outside of House Republicans. Do you agree with me? Is that the most unlikely one, in other words? 
And Garland is his disposition is so calm and cautious that I just think it would be an interesting approach. But I agree with you on the politics of this. And on top of that, we're basically about to enter full-blown election season as early mm-hmm. as this is, is. And it feels earlier than usual because they're not moving much legislation. When the House, everything they know passes that's fairly ideological is going to die in the Senate, they have a kind of a free reign to spend their time doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to be in, we're coming back in July. They'll be around for about three weeks and then they go out for August recess. And then suddenly it's like the funding season. It's the appropriations, which means they're trying to avoid a government shutdown. So I'm just trying to imagine a government shutdown, will they, won't they, on top of an impeachment, on top of a presidential campaign. And it's just very chaotic. And we haven't really seen this many layers of storms on top of each other. There are a few bills they've got to pass through. But generally, this is going to be a very strange time of year to do it. And it'll, it could have a lot of impact. Another possible impeachment target is FBI Director Christopher Wray, who was appointed by Trump. But Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced a House resolution here back in May, I believe. And it says to impeach Christopher Asher Ray, director of the FBI, for, quote, facilitating the development of a federal police force to intimidate, harass and entrap American citizens that are deemed enemies of the Biden regime. This one feels even like less likely to me. Like, I feel like Republicans are almost like more likely to try to impeach Joe Biden himself rather than the FBI director on this. Am I wrong? Or are they okay going after law enforcement now? <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That's a that's a political ad against them for not backing the blue, which is something that Republicans right. tend to run on. So yes, I agree that I had not really thought it through that far, but agreed. But again, I just don't know how much the public really is going to be paying attention to this. I don't know if these hearings, if they actually happen, are going to go live on television. And it may be much ado about nothing. I, I think one of my main questions about this is if we're going to start impeaching people, by whoever mm-hmm. changes power. Yeah, it's also, I mean, we talked about this too when we were talking about the the censure of Adam Schiff. The more it happens, does it even rise to the top line? You know, like when the Clinton impeachment happened, I was in high school, it, you know, different era, different media environment. It was the biggest story in the entire world, historic, like this only happened a few times before. Uh, like it just feels like once this becomes much more of a political weapon, maybe it matters less. I don't know. And that may be the point, um, but I will verify. Uh, somebody used the brand new internet to print off the star report my sophomore year yes. in high school, and the kids were caught reading it in the back of Algebra 2. So that's how much fun that impeachment was. Yeah, my uh, my buddy Nat Adams uh, in high school uh, printed it off, and me and my friend Kellen and Paul were in Paul's basement, and we read the printed off version <laughs> <laughs> off of like AOL.com of the star report. Pretty naughty. Pretty naughty yeah. high school behavior. Well, we were pretty dork. <laughs> we were pretty dorky, though. I don't know. Maybe other kids were out so. just like doing keg stands and, and lighting things on fire and going to football games. We were in basements reading the Star Report. Abby, hopefully you are not reading uh, the Star Report over uh, your Fourth of July holiday. Get back out there in the sunshine. Enjoy New York City. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, Peter. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. 
please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.